0: grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. The text for our meditation this morning and the gospel lesson is written for us in St. John chapter 6, beginning at the first verse. After this, Jesus crossed over to the other side of the Sea of Galilee or Tiberius. A large crowd followed him, because they saw the miraculous signs He was performing on those who were sick. Jesus went up on the hillside and sat down there with His disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a huge crowd coming toward Him, He asked Philip, Where can we buy bread for these people to eat? But Jesus was saying this to test him. For he himself knew that what he was going to do. Philip answered him, Two hundred denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to have just a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what is that for so many people? Jesus said, Have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, so they sat down. There were about 5,000 men. Then Jesus took the loaves, and after giving thanks, He distributed the pieces to those who were seated. He also did the same with the fish, as much as they wanted. When the people were full, He told His disciples gather the pieces that are left over so that nothing is wasted. So they gathered them and filled twelve baskets with pieces from the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. When the people saw the miraculous sign Jesus did, they said, this really is the prophet who is coming into the world. When Jesus realized that they intended to come and take him by force to making him king, He withdrew again to the mountain by himself. These are the words of our text. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we have gathered to hear your holy word. We pray that you would increase our faith through it. Pour out your spirit upon us. Sanctify us through the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. In Jesus the Christ, dear fellow redeemed. As part of our preparation for becoming foster parents in Arizona, we had to develop a fire escape plan for our house. And not only did we have to have the plan with a map of the house, we actually had to practice it. Katie taught the kids to climb up on their dresser in their bedroom, open the window, push out the screen, climb out the window, and go to a safe place in the front lawn. Well, the front gravel. So that was done so that our kids could know what to do if there was a fire. There are lots of things in life that we prepare for so that we know what to do if they happen. We hope that they don't. But if they do, we have a plan. We can plan for lots of things, but we can't plan for everything. We don't always know what's going to happen, and therefore we don't always know what to do. Jesus does. Jesus knows what he is going to do. His tests are always a blessing. He is the promised prophet. John tells us the reason for the question that Jesus asked of Philip and in general to the disciples. John tells us it was a test. Now, from our text, it may seem like these questions flow one after another. But it's likely that this test was over a period of time. From the other gospel lessons, or excuse me, writings, we know that Jesus crossed the Sea of Galilee trying to get some time away from the crowd for his disciples. When he got to the place he was going to land, there was already a crowd gathering. Here, John tells us that Jesus and his disciples went up on a mountain and they sat down. As the crowd that was gathering came toward Jesus and his disciples, he specifically asked Philip, where are we going to buy bread to feed all these people? It seems then that there was a passing of time. As the crowd gathered Philip came to the conclusion, 200 denarii. So 200 days wages would not buy enough bread for each one to have a small part. So what should we do? It seems then as the crowd is gathering and maybe even Jesus has begun teaching... Andrew found a boy with five barley loaves and and two fish. So the second solution that the disciples proposed was, well, here's this boy with this food, but how far will that go amongst so many? We can see from their response, responses, that the disciples were failing the test that Jesus gave. They were looking at their situation only from an earthly perspective. I don't have enough money, Philip says. Andrew says, "Well, we've got this a little bit of food, but that's not going to feed everyone." Jesus was testing his disciples. God tests his disciples to increase their faith. Jesus was using this as a teaching opportunity to get his disciples to focus on who was really important, on who was with them. How might God be testing you? How might God, even right now, be testing you in your life with regards to earthly provision? As I thought about that question this past week, I thought of three things that maybe God is testing you in. The first is thankfulness. Can we really imagine a day where we don't have food to eat? We live with such an abundance of food that the thought of going hungry for a day, well, that's only what you do if you're a health nut. We have so much food that we throw away, we waste food. Are you really thankful for the great providence that God has given to you? The great technology so that you can go to a refrigerator and open up and and pull out oranges from Florida, apples from New Zealand. It is amazing the way that God has provided for us today. Is God testing you? Is God, in a sense, standing back and waiting to see how you respond, wondering if you will be thankful for the bounty that He has laid on your table? Maybe God is testing you. Another area that I thought of in our general society is with regards to children. Children are not necessarily promoted as a blessing in our society today. I know I get frustrated when I read a news article that says, well, it costs $400,000 to raise a child from 0 to 18. Our society promotes children as an expense. And because it's promoted that way, parents... Married couples will step back and say, I don't know if we can afford children. Is that God testing you? Testing you to trust that He's going to provide. Testing you to change the way that you see children, not from an expense, but as a blessing from the Lord Himself. God provides we can trust him in faith that he will provide for our family now I am not saying being unwise with the way that we manage our household but our decisions are not just based on our logic or on our earthly eyes Our households are to be governed by faith. Is God testing your trust of Him with regards to children? The last point that I'll bring up today, with regards to testing us with regards to earthly providence, is in our giving to the Lord, our giving to support His church. I often hear when couples are discussing their budget, they'll say, well, I can't afford to give more to church. And sometimes I've challenged them on that. Are you viewing your budget only with earthly eyes and not with the eyes of faith, trusting that God will provide for you? if you're you're looking at your budget only from earthly eyes, then you're going to try and jam in there all the earthly things that you can. But God wants you to look at your budget with the eyes of faith and let faith govern your budget and rule the financial decisions that you make. One of the ways that you show God that you're looking at your budget with the eyes of faith is with what you return to Him in thanksgiving, your gifts to His church. So is God testing you? Is He looking at how you're managing your budget, standing back and wondering what you're going to do? Will you act with faith? In thankfulness, trusting that God will provide all that you need for this body and life. God is giving you, potentially, those tests as a blessing. So that you would once again focus on who you need to focus on. That your eyes would be directed to God, Jesus in our text miraculously provided for those 5,000 men and we would assume the thousands of women and children that were there also. He took those five barley loaves, broke them up, were told that the people had everything that they wanted, that they were full of And then after everyone was full, the disciples gathered up 12 baskets left over so that nothing would be wasted. It is true that Jesus gathered that bread so that we could know that nothing should be wasted. But those 12 baskets also show us that after the people had eaten, there was more left over than Jesus had begun with. He had miraculously taken that bread and multiplied it, taken that fish, multiplied it until everyone was full. When the people saw this miracle, they reached a the conclusion that Jesus was no ordinary man, that he is the prophet that had been promised. In Deuteronomy chapter 18, God told Moses that he would raise up someone from the brothers, like Moses, and that the people are to listen to him. When the people saw this miracle, they connected Jesus with that prophecy. He is the one. Jesus, by taking those fish and those loaves, demonstrated that He is God. That He is God in the flesh. That He's the prophet. He's the Savior of the world. Jesus came not so that the people could have bread. Notice at the end when the people saw this miracle, they wanted to make Jesus king. Because they wanted to eat like kings day after day without work. But Jesus withdrew. He did not want to satisfy that desire of the people. There was another desire that he wanted to satisfy. And that is those who are hungering and thirsting for righteousness... Jesus came to be the Savior of the world. And he lived a perfect life. Jesus was thankful to God every day of his life for all that God had given him. Jesus viewed his entire life with the eyes of faith. Faith governed every decision that Jesus made. He lived a perfect life. And now that perfect life is given to all who trust in him. If you look at your life and see how far short you're falling of what God demands. If you're seeing, yep, once again, I failed the test. Jesus has the perfect life that you desire, that you're hungering and thirsting for. When he lived a life of thankfulness, he did it for you so that you now have that thankful life charged to your account. When you've failed to have faith govern your decisions, Jesus lived a faithful life so that that faithful life is charged to your account. So by faith now, by trusting in Jesus' perfect life, you are righteous before God. Jesus has taken all of your failings. I know when I look back on my poor decisions, my sinful decisions, sometimes I can just beat myself up with guilt. Oh, I should have known better. How could I make such an easy, a simple mistake? How could I be so weak and give in so easily again? And you can tear yourself up inside. But Jesus has taken away our guilt. Jesus doesn't want us beating ourselves up because he was beaten in our place. He was nailed to the cross, bearing our guilt so that God's wrath is satisfied. Jesus wants us to let go of our guilt. And trust that the payment He offered on the cross is fully sufficient. So that now our sins are forgiven before God. See, it's not just inside of us, that, that courtroom in our heart that is satisfied. It's courtroom in heaven. Jesus has suffered sufficiently to pay for your sins. He is the promised prophet, the promised Savior. This miracle reveals that He is God in the flesh who came to live a perfect life for you and to die the death that your sins demand so that you are forgiven. You are now God's dearly loved child. God even promises that He loves you so much that He's prepared a home for you in heaven. And after He's done providing for you in this earthly life, He's going to take you to heaven and provide for you for eternity. So trust that Jesus is your Savior from sin. Let your faith then rule your life, all of your decisions, May God grant you His Spirit so that whatever testing God is placing in your life right now, He would use it to increase your faith so that you, like the disciples and the people, will see Jesus in you in awe and thanksgiving for all that He has done for you in this life and for the life to come. You may not always know what you're going to do. But Jesus does. His tests are always a blessing. He is the promised prophet. To Him be glory, now and always. Amen. And now may the peace of God which transcends all understanding, God, and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus until life everlasting. Amen.